All right, settle in, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Backstage Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you all so much for all your messages and all the comments and all that stuff on the previous episode. Um, I got to be honest with you. I am still not used to doing these things solo. I had to really kick myself in the butt to get up and actually do this today, um, but I'm confident that it'll get there eventually. I mean, I don't necessarily hate it. I'm not so sure if I like it. Uh, I'm guessing it's just a matter of getting used to. Um, but yeah, here we are with another episode. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about stuff that is happening in the news. Uh, you've probably been hearing about this. And we're going to talk about super ministers and the conflicts of interest at the National Assembly of Quebec. Uh, we're talking, obviously, of Minister uh, Pierre Fitzgibbon. Now, for many listening to this podcast, that name may not be very familiar, especially if you don't really follow the, the political scene here in, uh, in Quebec. But it is a, a very interesting situation because it brings up a lot of uh, points that are being debated at least the last maybe five to ten years, possibly before that. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm really unaware of that, though. Uh, but at least in the last five to ten years, there's been this huge discussion on whether or not high-profile individuals should be elected uh, as parliamentarians and we'll get to that uh, debate a little bit later but let me talk to you a little bit about uh, Pierre Fitzgibbon uh, and why we have these things called super ministries right super ministers uh, what are they why are they created um, just off the bat right just for everyone to get to know uh, Pierre Fitzgibbon this guy was elected first in uh, for the first time in 2018 uh, in a riding called Terbonne it's in the northeastern region of Montreal um yeah about 45 minutes out of Montreal north uh, northeast um really 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 high profile individual one of these um uh, star candidates that we called them back in 2018 this is the guy this is a guy that has an, a really impressive track record a uh, really impressive background he has uh, um, a business administration and a cpa degree from here uh, in montreal he also has a, a business degree from harvard business school uh, he's had a huge career uh, very well known in the finance and business uh, development sectors and industries uh, someone that has really uh, you know a lot of weight in that uh uh, in that world, very well known and praised by his peers. Um, huge, huge, huge success for uh, Premier Legault, who went and got arguably one of the most uh, high-profile people uh, to run for office. And uh, uh, it does happen. I mean, every single party leader, uh, come election time, always seeks to uh, find these individuals and draw them into the political arena uh, because it brings a lot of credibility to their party and uh, to uh, their platform. Uh, and and, and it, it brings a lot of weight with it, right? Um, so that's, uh, you know, kudos to, uh, to Premier Legault for getting this guy. Of course, he's not the only one, right? I mean, there there's a lot of other people at the National Assembly. We're not going to go through them all uh, right now, but we're talking about Pierre Fitzgibbon particularly because there's been an interesting debate that has kind of risen again, right? It's come to the surface uh, on whether or not these high-profile individuals should be elected. Um, now, there's a lot of noise around Pierre Fitzgibbon, and this is not new. I mean, there's something new that happened right now this week that we found out, uh, specifically about conflicts of interest. Um, because, like we said before, I mean, this guy's a really high-profile individual. He has uh, uh, shares in a lot of companies, and he has, uh, you know, financial interests in a lot of companies that some 
uh, have dealings with the government. They, 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 they're granted investments or um, subsidies. And we're talking about large amounts now. We're talking about in the millions, tens of millions of dollars, right? Um, and you have this individual who's kind of stuck in the middle who he is in government. Not only is he in government, but he's a high-profile minister. And then you have the companies that he has shares in that were granted all these subsidies. And there's all these question marks that came out. And, of course, uh, and we'll get to the new one now. But uh, just to remind everyone uh, listening or watching, you know, he has had three strikes already with the Ethics Commission at the National Assembly uh, because of practices like this um, that, you know, they're... It's not really legal, but it's unethical, right? Uh, and um, the, the the Ethics Commission of the National Assembly actually sent a notice to the Premier, um, I believe it was a year and a half ago, um, to the effect that if he doesn't remove Pierre Fitzgibbon as minister, she, the, the Ethics Commissioner, would remove him from Parliament. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. Premier Legault had to remove him as a minister. He gave all those responsibilities to another minister uh, until, you know, Pierre Fitzgibbon built a blind trust and had it, you know, transferred to someone else. Uh, all his interests, you know, technically he's not aware of what's happening. That's, you know, the, the whole idea behind a blind trust. Um, but that takes time to do, right? It takes time to, to 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 accomplish in any case apparently this was all done it's all been taken care of and as soon as that was done um he came back as a minister now let's talk about the super minister and why it's important and of course this is not new it's happened in the past probably it'll happen again in the future um what is a super minister basically it is uh, a minister that wants to have the responsibility on many different aspects that would otherwise fall under different ministries but they just accumulate them and have the sole kind of responsibility of all these uh, of all these ministries it usually happens with the economy uh, and premiers in the past uh, have always tried to kind of accumulate everything that is related to economy under one individual. So everything that touches a little bit the economy. And this is exactly what uh, Minister Fitzgibbon got this time around for those uh, for those who have been following last week, min uh, Premier Legault uh, appointed his uh, his cabinet ministers and the one person that was highly talked about was Pierre Fitzgibbon because it, it had leaked. There were some rumors that he was going to get additional uh, ministries, that they were going to split up other departments and give him some. Um, and uh, it was talked about even before the, 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 the ceremony where these ministers were uh, nominated. So let me, let, me give you the, the, let me give you the rundown over here. So Pierre Fitzgibbon, he is the minister, he was the minister of economy and innovation. And onto that, they also added the energy. He's also minister of energy. Now, for those wondering, energy was always packaged together with natural resources. There was a minister of energy and natural resources. And uh, Pierre Fitzgibbon, apparently rumors are from all the articles that came out even before the, uh, the end of the election, that he was kind of, you know, discussing with Premier Legault if, you know, the, the, the eventuality that they made government, which was obviously uh, well known that they would make government, obviously it was, it was an obvious thing, uh, that he would want to break that department and take energy, uh, take the responsibility of energy. Um, that, um, you know, uh, took a lot of people by surprise, especially... Uh, the, the head of Hydro-Quebec, uh, who uh, came out publicly and said that if he is given the energy uh, department, if they split 
that ministry and give him the part of energy, she would resign. So that was a big thing. And obviously, apparently from, you know, from what we heard, there, the, she was called and there was a discussion and uh, they calmed her down and they said that, you know, look, um, uh, everything's going to be fine. We're all going to work together. Basically, her, um, her worry was that given the profile that Minister Fitzgibbon has, right, the economic development, innovation, that he would uh, use Hydro-Quebec as an incentive on getting foreign investors here in Quebec, and that's not really aligned with the goal of Hydro-Quebec. And, uh, you know, the head of Hydro-Quebec, uh, uh, Mrs. Brochu, didn't want to go down that, that, that path. We'll see how that develops and how that relationship evolves going forward. Um, uh, Pierre Fitzgibbon came out... Um, on TV, on several interviews, and said that look, he has absolutely nothing against uh, Mrs. Brochu, uh, that he's known her for a long time, and his main goal is to collaborate and to work together um, on uh, different projects that would uh, elevate Quebec. So everything's fine. She didn't resign. She's staying on board, and she's a very, very effective uh, and competent uh, head of uh, Hydro Quebec. Sophie Brochu is someone that is highly respected. So he is the Minister of Economy, he's the Minister of Innovation, Minister of Energy, Minister Responsible of regional economic development and the minister responsible for the Montreal region. So basically anything that has to do with economy uh, and economic development, he wanted it and he got it. Um, and that's why we call it a super minister, right? We call him a super minister uh, because he has all these titles and everything is kind of grouped together to to go, in this case, with the economy. Um is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I mean, it's happened in the past. It's probably going to happen in the future. And especially if you have high-profile individuals like that that have a huge influence, especially on the premier, it's no surprise that he went to the premier and said, listen, this is what I want. Uh, next time around, let's make these moves. Give me the responsibility. I want to take more. Uh, it's going to be better. It's going to make things easier for me rather than to have, you know, rather than having to make decisions on his uh, files and then have to go consult the other minister for certain things that touch on energy, for example, or any other um, the department. He just wants to be the sole person responsible for these things. And he got it. There was actually a rumor going around before the end of the elections that he wanted to also have the part of international relations department that deals with economic development. Now, for those who don't know, uh, Quebec does have an international relations department. It's not. A, it's not like a. It's not a minister of foreign affairs. Quebec isn't a country. We don't have foreign affairs in Quebec, but it is a department that I believe was created when the PQ was in power. So Quebec has all these delegations all over the world um, that pretty much act uh, um, to uh, to create relations with these countries, especially with regards to culture, education, innovation, obviously economic development, foreign investments. So there's a lot of, um, there's a huge um, uh, economic benefit for Quebec to have these foreign delegations all over the world, right? So these are called uh, uh, Quebec delegations, and they fall under the responsibility of the Minister of International Relations. But in that ministry, in that department, there is a huge aspect of economic development, right, and foreign investments. And apparently there's rumor that he wanted to have that part of the department uh, as his own as well. So there's always been kind of like this, uh, 
this struggle between the Minister of International Relations and the Minister Responsible for Economic Development because there's a lot of things going on with Quebec and uh, international players, right? And like, like I said before, um, economic development, foreign investors, who takes the lead on these things, right? Is it the Minister of International Relations or is it the minister that's actually responsible for economic development? So it's always kind of, you know, they've always kind of butted heads there. Um, but all this to say that, you know, that department stayed the same. He didn't get any portion of that. And again, it's just a rumor. We don't know if indeed that was being discussed, but they're, you know, the very credible journalists that uh, mentioned that. And it wouldn't shock me in the least that he uh, he wanted that aspect as well. Um, so that's with respect to the super minister. Uh, and again, just to, to, to wrap it up, it's not the first time. It probably won't be the last time, and if there's one person that actually could handle it, it is Pierre Fitzgibbon. Let's be honest here, and I don't want to be judgmental. There's 125 MNAs in the National Assembly. There's a lot of competent people, but there's very few uh, right now in the Parliament in Quebec in the National Assembly that have the credentials of someone like Pierre Fitzgibbon. Uh, we have to, you know, give credit where credit is due. Um, let's talk about this little debate that has kind of you know, come to the surface in the last couple of years, especially after all these uh, violations uh, that Pierre Fitzgibbon got with the ethics commissioner, uh, to the effect where people are wondering, should high-profile people like Pierre Fitzgibbon run for office? Uh, I think they should. I think they should, and we're going to get to the reason why I think they should in just a little bit. But let me talk to you a little bit about the conflict of interest, the new one that just came up now. So this, you know, just to remind everyone, the elections ended on, on the 3rd of October. So depending on when you listen to this, last week on the 20th of October, the new ministers took, you know, uh, uh, took their responsibilities. And... This week, we find out that late 2021, November of 2021, a company by the name of LMPG, basically, it's the mother company of Lumen Pulse. You may have heard of Lumen Pulse. It's a huge lighting company here in Quebec. Uh, they do fantastic work. Um, they received, you know, this $50 million, and this is a company whose shares Pierre Fitzgibbon has, right? It's It's... In his blind trust, it's in his portfolio, um, and this has brought back up this whole conflict of interest thing, right? And I don't know exactly what the ethics commission is going to do this time around uh, in the national assembly, but here's the complicated thing in this situation: we know now that Pierre Fitzgibbon has created a blind trust and he's transferred the responsibility of this blind trust to a certain individual by the name of Michel Ringuet. All right, um, but. Uh, Pierre Fitzgibbon started, you know, the process of creating this blind trust end of uh, 2021 in the fall of 2021, and it was finalized in January of 2022. So the money was granted to this company probably before this blind trust was actually finalized and transferred to, and the responsibility of which was transferred to uh, Mr. Ringuet. Was the blind trust in effect? I mean, is there a conflict of interest? I'll leave it up to you to judge. Uh, the, 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 the news that came out was that Michel Ringuet is actually a member of the board of uh, LMPG, and he was a member of the board while they were discussing with the government on getting these uh, these investments. So just to be clear, the $50 million uh, breaks down in two. He, they, they received $26 million from Investissement Quebec, which is the investment arm of the government. And they also got a $24 million uh, uh, investment from the economy ministry, uh, department, 
of which obviously Pierre Fitzgibbon was in charge, right? He was the minister of, um, of uh, economy and innovation. And we know that he himself authorized this $24 million from his own department to this company. Now, many people have come out and said, listen, man, we have, you know, we have enough competent uh, public servants that would be probably able to grant this money without necessarily having to go through Minister Fitzgibbon. Why was Minister Fitzgibbon involved, number one? And number two, the person that is in, in charge of his blind trust is sitting as a board member of this company that is getting all this money. Is it a conflict of interest? Is it not a conflict of interest? Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not an expert in these things. Uh, it does seem like it is a conflict of interest. We're going to wait and see exactly what comes out of this uh, situation. It's a relatively new. Um, again, let me remind you that Minister Fitzgibbon has three violations already with the Ethics Commissioner, um, and I, I mean, definitely this is a bad start to this mandate. I mean, this has you know made news for a couple of days now, uh, and again, it comes back to this whole debate on whether or not high-profile individuals should run for office. And I think they should, and I'll tell you why. And again, I don't want to be judgmental and not pointing fingers to anyone in particular, but there's a lot of people that get elected that don't have the required or necessary skills to be in government. And again, I don't want to take anything away from them because these individuals, they work hard, they put in all the work, and they manage to get their constituents', constituents trust in getting elected. So good on them. They have every legitimate right to govern and to be in government. But once you get elected... You can't just parade around and say, hey, I'm elected, I'm an MNA. No, there's a track record that you're going to have to show at the end of your mandate, whether it's going to be four years, eight years, whatever that number is, you're going to have to come out and say, this is what I did. So you need to know what to do. And we're not talking about procedural things, right? We're not talking about knowing how to table a bill or a motion or a private member's bill, um, you know, understanding how committees work and the rules and regulations of question period in the National Assembly. Like nobody knows these things and they learn these things as they go. And actually they learn them quite fast, right? But I can tell you that there's a lot of people that get elected that don't really know um, anything about you know the big departments right like uh, you, you know people get elected in their 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 appointed environment minister for example and they have absolutely zero knowledge <laughs> on environment right uh, there's people that have gotten elected uh, as education ministers and they have absolutely zero experience or knowledge of education uh, so there's a lot of things like this and this is just not just now it's it's hap it's been happening for years and everyone uh, is wondering or a lot of people are wondering should we have people in these posts that are crucial, right? I mean, the biggest portion of the budget uh, of our government goes to health and education. Usually, at least in the last, you know, 15 years or so, at least since I've been involved, it's usually uh, uh, someone that has experience in medicine that has taken the, um, the the direction of the Department of Health, except now for Mr. Legault, it's uh, Christian Dubé, uh, but he's an absolute monster of a uh, of, a, of, a, of an administrator so regardless of the fact that he's not a doctor he is uh very good at what he's uh, at what he's doing and of course uh he's gotten a lot of praise for it but in general you have people that were you know associated to 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 to, to the health or to medicine that have taken on that department education however not so much you've had people that have 
been clueless about education and their school systems and the unions involved and all, you know, this huge machine that's behind this uh, department uh, that have taken on this department. They have failed miserably. Um, but mind you, there have been people that have had experience as educators or in the education uh, world, if you want, that have also uh, not done so well. So it comes back to this debate. Should we have these high-profile individuals come into government? I think I think we should. I think we should specifically because of what I just said, that we have so many people that either don't know enough or don't have the required skills to do the job. I think, you know, for people to run the government, there should be some knowledge associated to it. And again, I don't want to take away anything from the democratic process in Quebec that I think we're all very proud of. Um, but the truth is, and you know, the people that are listening to this that probably don't follow politics that much in Quebec, you should know that there are people sitting in the National Assembly that do not have, uh, in my opinion, the skills required to do the job. Um, so, uh, yes, I do believe it, uh, that, that, that they should be there. But in the case of Pierre Fitzgibbon, this comes at a cost, right? And the counter-argument to, to this is it's not because an individual that, that was very successful, and guys, let, let's be honest here, Pierre Fitzgibbon isn't doing this job for the money, okay? He didn't, he didn't come into politics for the money. Because if you look at what you know salary they make, the, uh, the, the, the members of the National Assembly, compared to the millions that he used to make as a, you know in the business world, he definitely didn't do it for the money. I don't know what reason. You can ask him if you see him, but it's definitely not the money. So the question then becomes this. If you have an individual that has had this kind of profile, this kind of track record like Pierre Fitzgibbon and happens to get elected, the government can't punish every single company that this elected official has ever dealt with, worked with, invested in. I mean, it's unfair to that company to be blocked from every subsidy or investment program that the government has available because at some point in time you had this individual that sat on the board or worked for them or consulted for them or whatever uh, the, 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 the case may be. But on the other hand, I mean, he can recuse himself, right? He can say, look, guys, at some point I was involved with this company. Let me step back. Let the public uh, servants take over. And uh, I, I won't have anything to do with this decision process. That option is also available. And I think that's the option that the ethics commissioner uh, has been looking in, uh, you know, since the, since the beginning of the last mandate. Now, again, it's not illegal to do what Pierre Fitzgibbon is doing. I mean, there's really uh, nothing illegal there, but it is highly highly unethical uh, to be involved if in fact this is happening which you know given all the articles and all the news that has come out it seems as though he is really front and center with all these decisions that uh, were made to grant all these uh, funds to these companies um if we don't take people like this into parliament what's the other option are we going to be left with people that will probably require much more time to get to know the files and to learn the way the parliament works and the way that politics works and you know the the, the ropes about economic development i don't know i mean if, if if you're looking at if you're looking at quebec and and you're looking at the potential this province has i will always support an idea that behind this government you have the right competence to do the job 
and again, the job isn't always done perfectly, and that's a whole other debate on why it's not done. Uh, I mean, the Quebec government is huge, right? I mean, we're talking about the government, we're not talking about just the Hill, the, the, the elected officials. We're talking about a huge machine over here, right? The public service in Quebec is ginormous. Um, is that the problem? I don't know. That's, that's up for debate. Um, there, there have been efforts in the past to kind of slow down on the hiring process to replace one every two public officials, uh, public servants that retire. Uh, I, I don't know how that is going, but uh, it, the, the machine is huge. So, you know, understanding and running this machine here in Quebec is not an easy task. Uh, and again, I don't want to take away anything from anyone. Uh, I have a, a really high level of respect for everyone that actually, you know, throws their, 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 their name in the hat and runs for office, it is not easy. Uh, and I know that people very often and very quickly point fingers and, you know, uh, you, you're to blame or you suck for this and I can't believe you uh, you didn't see this happen. And there's so many things that we hear going on in the news. Um, is it about competence? Uh, I don't know. Because, we, like I said, we, we have had competent people uh, at the helm of these uh, departments that haven't done so well. Um, so what's to blame? You know, why aren't we advancing? Why are things kind of lagging all the time here in Quebec? Uh, and what kind of people do we need to have in Parliament? I think there could be a mix of both. I think that the fact that these party leaders look for individuals such as Pierre Fitzgibbon to come in and, you know, offer their expertise in advancing uh, Quebec forward. And again, he's not the only one. We spoke about Christian Dubé, who is a mega, mega administrator um, uh, in Quebec. Huge, huge profile, uh, huge credibility. Uh, and again, Premier Legault has a, you know, a, a lot of people like that in his team and good for him. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I mean, this debate uh, comes and goes every couple of years, right? When stuff like this comes to the surface, we're all wondering, oh, well, you know. And I remember when this whole ethics violation came up, you had a bunch of uh, MNAs uh, from Quebec Solidaire, notably, that came out and said that he should resign. You know, business people have no business in parliament. I think that's wrong. I, I, I think that's wrong. It's the people that decide who goes in the National Assembly. It's as simple as that. It's not about um, you are overqualified or you uh, have too many links with businesses. And, you know, why Why should we assume beforehand that something funny will happen if so-and-so gets elected? So I, I'm obviously categorically against anything that Quebec Solidaire has to say. But I, just to say that back in the day when, you know, the, these issues were surfacing with the ethics commissioner at the National Assembly, you had Quebec Solidaire that was really driving this argument that these people do not deserve to be in the National Assembly. Business and politics should not mix. I could not disagree more. I could not disagree more. Um, I think we need highly competent people. I think we need highly skilled people. And these people, first of all, you know, they're not a dime a dozen. Uh, and if you could get them, and if you could bring them into politics, you know, all, all, all the better for you. Um, and again, I can remember back in the day when the liberals were in power. I mean, Jean Charest went and got Philippe Couillard back then, who was a major figure in the health industry. Uh, I can think of Raymond Bachin, uh, Clément Gignac, Jacques Daou, uh, you know, heavyweights that, you know, they left the world that they were in, in which, by the way, they were making a lot more money and they gave their time. 
the public service. Um, I think we need that. But of course, I also understand that there needs to be a balance. And again, it's not illegal to have any of these things, to have investments and to have money and to, to, to place your money um, in stocks. You just have to mention these things to the ethics commissioner. You have to declare everything that you have. Um, and then once the ethics commissioner has all this information, well, then they can guide you, you know, uh, such and such business. Well, they have dealings with the government. You're going to have to kind of uh, step aside in this ma in these matters. And, you know, they, 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 they can outline, uh, you know, a path that, that you can take. Evidently, Pierre Fitzgibbon didn't do that. Um, and obviously it surfaced. It came to the surface and he, you know, uh, he got in trouble for it. Now, what's going to happen going forward? Many interesting things. One, primarily, I want to see how that relationship evolves between him and uh, Sophie Brochu from uh, Hydro-Quebec. That, that's going to be interesting to see exactly uh, how uh, they're going to collaborate, if they're going to collaborate. And if they are going to collaborate, what interesting projects we're going to see here in Quebec uh, or outside of Quebec, right? Because Hydro-Quebec is involved in many investments outside of Quebec. And secondly, I'm very curious to see once Parliament uh, is in session, which is at the end of November, uh, what the ethics commissioner is going to do with this new information that has come out. And is there going to be any other information that comes out? I don't know. Um, we're going to have to wait and see. But until then, I want to thank you for tuning in to another solo episode of the Backstage Podcast. Rate this podcast, guys. Give this a five star. Help me out a little bit to grow this uh, community. And if you're like me and you enjoy more the visual um, uh, the visual aspect of this uh, of this podcast and you're following it more on YouTube, then subscribe to the channel. Share it and let everyone know about what we're doing over here. Thank you all so much. I'll see you all very, very soon. Take care.